Quick heads up before this episode, uh, the microchip on Carlos's larynx was malfunctioning during this episode, so if you hear a couple of crackleys, that's what that is. I'm Matthew. I'm Marty. I'm Carlos. And we are the Heroes 3. Welcome to Heroes 3, the bi-weekly podcast where three friends explore the best, worst, and everything in between in the world of Asian cinema. And this week we are continuing our look at Hong Kong in Hollywood with 1997's Face Off, which are, uh, of course, our connection to Hong Kong this week is the director, which is John Woo. Um, and the movie, Woo! of course, stars, uh, <laughs> of course, stars uh, John Travolta and Nick Cage. And it's bonkers. This movie's great. <laughs> it's bonkers. Nice. Uh, let me first ask, have you guys seen this film up until this point? Yes, sir. Nice. I actually hadn't. It had been one of it's one of those like blind spots for me. I heard lots of people talked about it a ton in the past, and it kind of I feel like it kind of had a resurgence about a decade or so ago of people just with all the all the memes all the and Nick stuff because yeah. there's a lot of great Nick Cage faces. In this yeah, movie, some some so. foundational Nick Cage isms mm. in this film, and yeah, oh, this yeah, for sure he definitely cages out a bit this came out in 1997 this film is 25 years old wow and, um, oh yeah i suppose it is yeah uh yeah you you said john Wu, the director here and um the last two films that we were talking about i feel like this is kind of the inverse of what hong kong uh has influenced here in this film so like we'd see a lot of the kung fu and the stylings on the surface for ninja turtles and with Bloodsport in this film it's the stylistic choices behind the camera that is really at the forefront of what we're talking about of bring bringing hong kong to hollywood and uh face off is i for me i think is like the most um john woo he's like at full power here so he'd already done a couple of films he did uh, hard target with jean-claude van damme which in a lot of ways a hong kong film but just transplanted and and made it with a like a western uh, set of actors so jean-claude van damme uh, hamming it up and um (laughs) with broken arrow i feel like it's kind of more leaning in the other direction where i feel like he still has a bit of his stylings, but it's more of like kind of your standard, uh, not standard, but I'm more of what you would expect from a but Western. Yeah, it's like American blockbuster kind of like yeah. following like Tony Scott and Michael Bay. Right. Yeah. And, yep. um, and, kind of and with those 90s breakouts. Yes, I completely agree. And with this film, it's one of these deals where it's like, no, I basically you've proven yourself, which is kind of crazy to think about that he had to wait through two other films to really prove himself to be <laughs> able to get the power to make what he wanted to make. And um, I'm just really glad that it ended up with this film face off, which actually kind of has its roots and uh, kind of almost like just after hard boiled. So after hard boiled, yeah. he did hard target, but he was approached to do face off and uh, he was being courted to come over to Hollywood already, but he felt that it was like, so the preliminary like 
uh, versions of Face Off were much more leaning on the sci-fi aspects. And he just didn't feel like he was equipped to do something to that scale. So he did a couple of films and they finally kind of made his way back to him. And by then it had kind of changed hands a couple of times. And actually Michael Douglas, the actor, became the producer for this film. Yeah, And... um they kind of skimmed away a lot of the sci-fi elements, but not all of them, thankfully. And that's <laughs> this is what we not, end up not here. The, not the biggest sci-fi element of taking yeah. off another person's face and getting to assume their identity. Dude, th- yeah, There's this element to watching the movie now, which and it's not unique to Face Off, but any film that's like purporting like cutting edge science <laughs> like has so much to contend with when you're watching it like decades later. Cause it can kind of work if it's a brand new film. Cause you can tell yourself like, well, I don't read medical journals. I don't, I don't know what's actually. <laughs> yeah, cutting I don't know. Edge. Maybe you can do this. But yeah. <laughs> once you have like 20, put a man on the moon, why couldn't right. we put a face on another person's face? It's like, but f- fast forward 25 years later and you're like, nope, never heard of it. Never happened. Never going to happen. <laughs> um, and so, I don't know. It's like it adds this layer of like ridiculousness to this thing that's already pretty ridiculous. Just like full warning. Um, so I was going into uh, rewatching the movie thinking like, yeah, I'm just going to be a champion of face off. And I'm guessing like my fellow heroes will too and then i made the mistake of checking out the rotten tomato score do you guys know what it is the rotten tomato score oh, oh man I'm gonna, it's 90 fucking two <laughs> really so like, oh, i love that i love all of a that. sudden then i had this major mandela effect so i'm like wait nobody thinks this is a good movie like like they don't think it's critically <laughs> technically a good it's like you like it in this other sort of way and so oh, then I was man. looking at other stuff and I'm like, wait, does Con Air? And I'm like, no, Con Air is like in the 50s. Yeah, um, that's what I was going to guess is this is in the 50s. And people are like, the movie's dumb as hell, but it's really fun. Yeah, dude. And so it's like, now I'm getting this thing where I'm looking at other stuff. It's like Gladiator <laughs> is like 78 on Rotten Tomatoes. It's like Jurassic Park is a fellow 92-er. It's like... Yeah, are you kidding me? Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade is an eighty-eight. So, anyways, I mean, we already know that like these scores mean nothing. But I'm just like so baffled. I'm like, yeah, no. I'm like, critics actually were into this because I was like, I I always felt like I was like, you know, going upstream or something. I'm like, no, guys, Mm -hmm. you got to see Face Off. It's so cool. And so, anyways, like, I really fear that I may have like flipped or flopped. And oh man, there's now part of me, some kind of devil's advocate energy that's like starting to creep in, guys. So, just full warning. Um, I'm excited, I feel some urge to like push against the movie, which I was not expecting. No, go right ahead. I'm really excited for that. Yeah, ready your ready your hate tweets and hate mail. Yeah, Yeah. no, I do love the movie, but I think you guys know what I'm saying. Yeah, this is oh, 100%. This is this is a (laughs) it's a goofy action movie, it's got ridiculous acting, it's got explosions, and you know, it's John Woo, it's got a bunch of dudes jumping through the air and shooting guns and lay on the ground and doves flying and Catholicism. You know, right? <laughs> Plenty of one thing I, I I was also struck with this is just like a more like broad thing, so it's like not getting into the details of the movie much. But I don't know. Part of me is wondering like 
I think on the one hand, it's like the John Woo of all John Woo films. Like so many of his motifs are really present here and kind of coming together in this complete package. Yeah, I was I was saying to Mar or I was saying to Carlos before we started rolling. It kind of feels like a like a, a greatest hits album. Oh, dude, of John Woo to- yeah, movies super well put. But this other part of me feels like I don't know, like some of the choices from our lead actors and. <laughs> And the rest of the crew, I feel like could potentially make John Woo look like sillier and less smart of a filmmaker than he really is. And I feel like there's this actually, I think, a pretty big gap between something like The Killer or Hard Boiled and Face Off, where it's like there are wonderful comedic moments in those films, but I feel like they're legitimate like pieces of art with some like incredible portrayals i don't know am i am i totally off or no i i agree with you um i feel like yeah those really focus on like the the human drama of the action that's being portrayed and uh you get like a cartoon version of that with face off face off to me is like the the fake movie trailer you'd see in another movie <laughs> but yes but they made or like it in yes. king of comedy like when steven chow is like sending up john woo it's kind yeah. of yeah it's not <laughs> terribly far off like yeah yeah but i mean i say that i say that complimentary like i I really this is a movie that i mean the first time i saw it i was like whoa this was so awesome and it was one of these things where it's like i could return to it over and over and over and i think that that might be part of why it's looked at so fondly and um yeah i mentioned this and the last episode, but this is like one of my wife's like favorite action movies. Oh, and, cool! Um, it, this was the first time this has ever happened where she's telling me facts about the movie, like that oh, I'm oh, doing awesome. homework for, and I'm like, "Wait, how did you? What? What's going on?" <laughs> I, I mean, and you, I you guys swear, are already like, the greatest couple, but this is like, hang on to her. <laughs> yeah, I know, and it's it was funny too. It was like I felt like I almost so close, like. There was a sense that I could almost convince her, her to on be, the on the, yeah. be on this episode, yeah. but it was Dude, like, y'all should have had a face-off, and she should have been on this episode. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe maybe you did have a face-off. Oh, dude. That we're talking yeah. to right I have now. a microchip on my larynx. Exactly. That will change my voice. <laughs> Something else I really appreciated rewatching it is I kind of had the memory that Travolta and Cage like come off pretty well and very sort of like in on the tone. But it's for whatever reason, watching it now, I just left feeling like, no, they don't really get the tone. And that's why it's funny. Like, we are laughing at them, actually. Like, they're not really on the level of the view. I don't know. It's totally subjective. But um, there's something kind of, like, fun to watch with with that lens. Yeah, I think it's really well cast, too. Uh, as this film was kind of being passed around, the the two writers, uh, Mike Werb and Michael Collery, they were trying to imagine different like kind of stunt casts for it, which included like Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger, which is yeah. hilarious to think about the premise of the film where they would have to basically caricature each other, who are like the two biggest caricatures of action cinema, yeah. right? That would have been really funny. I don't think it would have worked as well as it does in this movie um but i think that pulling john travolta into this role which in broken arrow he plays like kind of like a villain yeah so this is kind of like the test run 
in that for what he would do in this film. And, and Nick he's Cage, still writing his like second wave of his career kind of post. Yeah. yeah it's his thing. Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And Nick Cage is like coming off of, I think, I think literally like the day after he finished filming for Con Air, he started filming Face Off. Wow, that's amazing. And um, uh, yeah, he'd done The Rock and Con Air. And I mean, he he was acclaimed for leaving Las Vegas. And I think yeah. that people just, I don't know. I think it was the right time for both of them to do a movie like this, where it's like uh, you see him now and they're like these AAA stars and uh they can do this like really cartoony stuff and it kind of just worked and they had john woo at the helm and i i also heard like when one of the first scenes that they filmed and the um during production was uh the the boat chase and in the commentary the the writers mentioned that um once they filmed like the dailies for that they sent it out to the production and the the film studio gave them more money to finish the film because they liked what they saw so much. So Dude, that's, it was, that's so smart. I haven't listened to the commentary, but it this very much feels like a something that John's hand was mm-hmm. in. And I know he's not credited at all on the writing side, um, but like you guys have both been saying, it's a bit of like a tasting tour, greatest hits of John Woo things. And we had some great boat stunts that we already covered in our John Woo arc. And so you could imagine if he's thinking about like, okay, what's the best foot to start this production on? It's like he really knows how to successfully kind of orchestrate like a boat, you know, a boat sequence. And I mean, it's so so brilliant. I can't imagine um, it wasn't at least partially intended to try to appeal for for more money in the budget. So I don't know. Super smart. Really, really, yeah, strategic. And, um, yeah, the writers have a lot to say, and uh, th- I think the commentary tracks are good. There's uh, on the the DVD that I have. Oh, actually, which is Joanna's DVD, I should mention. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> um, yeah, um, it's two commentary tracks. One is with the writers, and then one is also with the writers and John Woo. Yeah, they. Oh, cool. It, there's a lot of fun stories about what could have been, and they also address like some how dumb some of the stuff is in the movie, knowing <laughs> that it was dumb, which is great. Yeah, it's a it's a good time. That's so yeah. fun. But I mean, this is a film that I you wouldn't need to know any of the background info. Just plug it no, in and all. just enjoy the the film. So and I it's think it's that, like a more interesting relic now in 2022 than it was then. Because also, like you mentioned, a, a um that you know, Cage and Travolta are like triple A stars. I think, yeah, maybe, but there's also, uh, I don't know. I feel like they were maybe on the A minus list or something, even as the movie, when the movie <laughs> came out. And luckily I think there's still familiar enough names today, but I think that's part of why the movie works. It's like clearly Arnold and um, Stallone, that would have been like a, you know, A in like bold typeface A list. Um, and would probably have pulled too much energy or something. Like I, I, I doubt it would have been remembered as like a John Woo film. Whereas like this is remembered as like, Oh, this is that John Woo American Mm -hmm. movie. Um, Mm -hmm. where like Travolta and Cage are just acting so crazily uh, the whole time. I mean, I think that's the other thing that's so cool is on paper, it's meant to be this like incredible acting challenge where I'm going to, take on your mannerisms and you're going to take on my mannerisms and you get like moments of that for sure. But Mm -hmm. you also get a lot of like huge swings that 
mail hand yeah. for you. That's that's kind of the thing with um with the the casting is that John Travolta before the the titular face off happens he's yeah. already a little goofy <laughs> like Super he's ar- like like hell? he's already a little unhinged even though he's he is archer the 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 actual person in the body but i feel like i feel like uh john travolta probably should have played it a little more straight and stuff for for nick cage to then do it because this is that's one of my f- absolute favorite jokes in Community is the them taking a class <laughs> called Nick Cage. Nick, yeah. Nick Cage, good or bad. <laughs> yeah, all actors are crazy, Annie. Some crazy actors are good, some are bad, but none of them are neither. There's no such thing as both. So which one is Nicholas Cage? Huh? <laughs> and I think this movie really like you can genuinely have support for either uh, approach oh, in this because like there is some moments of genuinely really good acting from Nick Cage in this, and then yeah. there's also like say how is your daughter anyway? Is she right for you by now? Your darling Janie, your little peach, is she right? Him absolutely caging out in the first like ten minutes of this movie. Yeah, for sure. And it's I mean, I imagine some of this has to be motivated by Wu, but when you think of his Hong Kong films, there aren't really performances like this. Um, it's like melodramatic and in, in the John Wu stuff, very like you Yeah, know. totally. And yeah. also to be totally but, fair, like no one can follow in Chow Yun Fat's footsteps so it's like yeah you probably can't even try but yeah it's kind of thinking it's almost it's i mean i guess jagged fat was also a, a pretty big star at this point especially in hong kong but i was thinking i was almost expecting him to like have a cameo or something at some I know. point dude yeah, i was they, thinking they, about this what would be a dream hk cast and i was thinking chalian fat and dean sheck um <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Oh, that is Sheck a joke for like, that is a joke for real heads of uh, uh, Heroes Three. And like Dean Sheck would like cage out, you know? Wow! Um, yeah. yeah. Oh man, that would be too good. And I would just love and, and to he see... says to the surge, he is the surgeon. I have to have the mole back in the same spot whenever you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude! Drop oh, your mic, sir. Yes. Oh, get these. Oh, Sorry, man. these these are some narrow casted jokes. That's great. Those are for <laughs> our it. listeners. These are listeners. For the listeners, it's for the real heads. Stuff. Um, I. <laughs> the other thing I would say is a uh, relic is how practical all the effects yes. are in this oh, film. Yeah, man. Like oh, almost man. an entirely practical film. I believe there's like maybe CG for some flames that are added in a point. Um. Uh, small like laser stuff, and yeah. uh, I think uh, and then John there's Wu like said computer there's models some... that are meant to be yeah. computer models. But yeah, there's yeah, stuff right. that's like on computers. And man, I I wish computer viruses worked like how we thought they worked in the nineties. <laughs> no, right. Talk about the images like in the bomb. Like yeah, yeah and there's oh, like man. like a lady that turns into a skeleton, yeah. and it's ugh, it's so goofy. Yeah, but like for the uh, I mean the surgery they created these. Um, life copies like yeah. full to scale like torsos of Travolta and uh, Nicolas Cage and actually well, what I saw was that they were originally planning to use those to a point and then use uh, CG to kind of morph into uh, like a, an effect shot but the practical bodies were so well done that they discarded that and they just left the practical ones in the film and there's Dude, super you smart. know yeah, definitely you, better for it. Yeah, I completely agree. And um, you could 
I mean, in so many things that we've talked about, we've talked about how to shoot something that maybe won't sell as well. But in this film, uh, for like those shots, they're straight on to these like FX models and they don't even I mean, you can kind of tell, but they're 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 breathing and the, mm-hmm. the skin is like the right type of translucent you know that catches the light in the right way it's and the uh, big thing is that their eyes are closed and eyes are almost always the hardest part to Mm -hmm. to get right whenever it comes to any practical or or like visual effects but but whenever you have the eyes closed that 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 helps you out a ton and yeah i i knew some of it was practical but i didn't realize until doing some research just how much of the shots were were using like a a dummy yeah and it's in the stunt work too i mean all the shots are using a dummy but sorry (laughs) <laughs> yeah, every shot in the film. <laughs> every shot, every time Nick Cage or John Travolta's on the screen. A, yeah, the Jim Henson. A couple of incredible dummies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, um, face off, but it's a Muppet. <laughs> yeah. We're getting to the point where we're going we're gonna to replace actors in movies that have been released, like deep fake type stuff. Then mm-hmm. they'll just have Muppets in old films. They'll have a whole run of your favorite films, but Muppet versions. I'd watch it. Me too. Dude, um, oh, I wish we could deep fake the Chow Yun Fat and Dean Shek thing in the movie. <laughs> oh, someday. All someday. the um like the stunts, there's a bunch of crazy car stunts. There's helicopters, there's boats exploding. There's a boat that ramps off of another boat and yeah. then they both explode. <laughs> right. You watch this now and think about 1997. This is basically the end of an era when it comes to oh, yeah. action films like this. So I think that, uh, well, that I mean, yeah, because like, I mean, spoiler for our next episode, but in two years we get the Matrix and right. that yeah. completely changes the way that people do action movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's, no, for, it's, for sure. Yeah, I mean, this is such an interesting period, this kind of mid 90s, like we've touched on a little bit like uh, it. I feel like it took a few years after Top Gun to have some more um, like additions to that kind of a canon or whatever but you know you've got the rock you got broken arrow con air yeah i don't know and yeah face off is one of the like crown jewels of that set i think yeah well we should probably start talking about the movie itself right sounds good to me but first let's take a look at the back of the vhs fbi agent sean archer closes in on domestic terrorist caster troy consumed by revenge after the death of his son He gets his man, but the story begins here. To prevent a citywide catastrophe, Archer agrees to an unorthodox and experimental surgery to infiltrate Troy's ranks. But when this black op goes awry, Sean Archer's life is turned upside down and he must risk it all to get his family back and stop Caster Troy once and for all. John Travolta and Nicolas Cage star in a non-stop high-octane mile-a-minute thrill with a sci-fi twist directed by John Woo. To know your enemy, you must become your enemy. Face off! So, the movie takes so many turns and involves people pretending to be other people for most of the movie. So, we're going to play a little fast and loose with the uh, timeline here. Um, We also don't want this to be you know six hours long so the movie is like over two hours it is i was shocked at, at how yeah, long it was long but it but you you don't feel it <laughs> it is it is it's paced pretty well there's enough stuff going on that it doesn't really drag um right i didn't think yeah. so at least no totally i, I feel totally. the same way but it starts with uh 
Well, the very, very first thing is this this sad, this really sad flashback where we see John Travolta with his kid and then Nick Cage snipes him and he survives but the kid dies. Yeah. It's just to get you in the mood for the action movie you're about to watch. It's basically the origin of the Punisher, you know, it's like (laughs) the same thing, you know, you've got this. There is an alternate universe where John Travolta played the Punisher. He was in one of the Punisher films. He was he was like the villain in uh, I think the second Thomas Jane Punisher film. Hmm. Oh, wow. I can see that. And Thomas Jane actually is in a cameo in this film. So well, there we go. Oh, there you go. <laughs> oh, dude. All ties back. Yep. Oh, man. Speaking of an actor in this film, I forgot about, dude, Margaret Cho killing it. Yeah. In this thing. Yeah. That's I great. mean, and it's a straight role, you know? I think that's pretty cool. It's not like. She even gets a, she has like a little action beat where she kicks a dude. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. So this establishes the motivations but for our, our lead at the moment, Archer. He's an FBI agent, and he's become obsessed with uh, capturing uh, Caster uh, Troy, who is uh, played by Nick Cage. And it kind of zooms forward to an operation where they're trying to find a, a bomb, basically. Or they they haven't gotten to that point yet. They're actually just, they've got a lead, and they're going to catch uh, Caster Troy and his brother, Pollux Troy. Caster and Pollux, who are named after the Gemini, the Zodiac. Yeah. Oh. Huh. Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, cool. Carlos fact for you. <laughs> Carlos, there you go. Fun fact <laughs> and yeah, the actor that plays Pollux is great and he's like he's a face you saw a lot in the nineties, but uh Alessandro Nivola, I, I definitely didn't know his name by heart, but um he's he's exceptional in the movie. I feel like one of the truly like strong actors here. We get to see uh Nick Cage planning this bomb and of course a bit a uh, full Catholic priest. Uh, yeah yeah and there's a random Outfit. like handles hallelujah chorus that's sung in yeah. like a plaza um but it's not, yeah anyways at the yeah the la convention center and K- this is this <sighs> cage is just the head roll like thing yeah like he is dancing around as this priest he like f- he feels up a girl which is really weird because i thought that girl was going to be like an informant or something, but I think it's just a girl that's in the chorus, which is real creepy. Um, <laughs> There's a lot of suspension of disbelief. If you think about yeah. this movie too much, you're like, wait, no, that's that's not going to yeah. work. You're this dressed as a, a priest. You're, to you're hamming it up much. in front of everyone, and then you grope mm-hmm. a girl. Yeah, that's not going to work. <laughs> um, but then, conversely, like, like right after this, we get a John Woo-ass shot where he's walking in slow motion and, like, his his long coat is, like, flowing in the wind. And it's, yeah. You know, it's all badass looking. You see this, his cool, like, custom gold dual guns. And it has a box that has chiclets in it, which I thought was funny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's all this paraphernalia and also chiclets. So yeah, and also chiclets. You're prepared you know. for anything, really. Um, yeah. yeah, those gold guns were custom made. And... um. John Woo said that they went to Chinatown to get the gold dragons made for the handles. Oh, dude, so awesome. it was like really like nice custom job on those guns. And um mm. but yeah, these this really stands with like his most iconic shots. You see a lot of that in this film. I mean, if it wasn't the foundational stuff that you'd know for John Woo, this like kind of solidified all of that for the masses because this reached the most people out of any of his films up to this point yeah because there there are a lot of shots in this that are definitely similar to stuff from like especially from the killer but you know for the average 
U.S. moviegoer, and unless you were a, a huge film nerd in 1997, you probably hadn't seen The Killer. Um, I guess if you were, if you were, if you were RZA, probably saw it a bunch. <laughs> right. You know, Carlos, what is your memory of this? Because I have, for whatever reason, and this might be another Mandela effect moment, but I thought I remember in certain, maybe it was just MTV or something, but there'd be certain platforms that were leaning into John Woo's notoriety in Hong Kong to promote the movie. Um, and almost kind of like bringing people up to speed on it. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I recall seeing stuff like that at the time, but maybe I'm remembering it wrong. I was when I was a kid, I was riding the wave, so I wasn't really like super deep looking into the like back catalogs of things, and I don't remember. But I, you know, I haven't done this in a while. But for for older episodes, I like to look up like you know like late night talk show interviews yeah, with some yeah. of the people and like mtv would be also a thing where they would have like jackie chan come on to do some promotion and stuff so i i actually didn't take the time to do that for this film which you could be right they i'm sure they definitely mentioned it because in 97 well, you know, a lot of the critic a lot of uh like critics reviews that have been archived um are very kind of open talking about john woo and his body work and stuff um yeah so cool. and and um you know like i mean we were talking about like rumble in the bronx and stuff the 90s where where all of this stuff was becoming you know the the cool thing to check out so um having john woo kind of also in this kind of wave of hong kong coming over to the states i'm sure that there was some uh promotional stuff that kind of capitalized on that but I mean, okay, so this this action sequence, we're talking about airplanes, we're talking about vehicles, and yeah. it's man, I love all this stuff. Yeah, the the cops, the cops all jump on them while he's trying to Troy's trying to get away on this plane. Yeah, and yeah, it's just this this helicopter trying to chase after a plane to stop it from taking off. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, you feel like Jerry Bruckheimer getting jealous here. Which is- <laughs> yeah, it's. It, I mean, it's basically the end of a film. <laughs> you know, we're getting. Yeah, oh, dude, I love that. The the finale that that you know uh, Archer wants this to be, but then it turns into a crazier yeah. situ- situation. Yeah, and then the actual finale is like twice as long and twice as crazy. Yeah. So the plane crashes into a hangar. It legit mm. crashed into a real hangar. The yeah, that's FX a really cool team, shot. The team, they, they built the facade of that hangar, like the glass face of it, but everything is real here. And um, yeah, this leads us to a, a cool, really great like shootout between uh, Archer and Caster Troy in the hangar. And it leads to a cool set piece where there's like a jet engine in play, which is so awesome to me. Yeah, it's like a it's like a engine testing something or other. And yeah. that's and that's eventually how they uh, how Archer stops Troy is by by getting him in front of it. And it like blows him back into this uh, like cage thing. Yeah, and there's some interviews with the armorer, the guy that handled all the guns for the movie. His name is Robert Galati, and um, he was talking about how important this scene was because he, you've got these scenes where it's not stunt doubles, it's John Travolta and Nick Cage shooting blanks at each other, and it leads to a point where they're holding a gun to each other's face. Dude, I mean, this is like post The Crow and... Yeah. And, stuff, and um so the 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 dude Galati he was talking about how he was literally listening to the gunshots just to count to make sure that he knew how many bullets were left so oh. when they were filming they knew it was safe. 
<laughs> the level oh, of dedication dude. there is insane. Yeah. And that's still that's also nuts that like even in in Hollywood they're using real guns with blanks and and doing like this you know this this like cuz like in Hong Kong you you know it's a miracle there aren't more people that die from injuries on set in Hong Kong stuff. Right, right. Um it's it's just it's an incredible uh it definitely makes it a lot more authentic. Yeah. So uh, the the notable things that happen in this is that they catch uh, Caster Troy, he it seems like they've killed him. Um, they they arrest Pollux, his brother, and uh, one of the officers gets his ear like shot off in the middle of the gunfight. So yeah, um, that's a cool that's a cool shot too. Yeah, that's a really cool shot, and it actually comes into play with the whole premise of right. the the, the face off situation. And um, yeah. so now we get uh, Archer coming back home, and you get the sense that he's got kind of a troubled home life because of his obsession and. Um, that all being driven by the loss of his son. So he has a troubled relationship with his daughter and his wife kind of gives him a hard time for being away a lot, but he confesses to her that they've done it. They finally caught this guy. So it's kind of a watershed moment for them. And the, we also get introduced to the, the daughter character briefly, who's like, you don't understand me, dad. Yeah. It's a real, <laughs> yep. you know, nineties, these darn Gen Xers. Played by Dominique um, Swain, who was a very 90s actress, too. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Dude, re-watching it, they, um, they kind of give her this big reveal where her back is to the camera, and then she turns around. And I was thinking, like, oh, you could have you totally had this be the choir girl that <laughs> Whoa, um, nice. Purchase her. Like, I don't know, add just this little bit of something. Yeah, I love yeah. that. <laughs> so um, he comes back to the office. And everybody's ready to celebrate, but he's kind of got a somber tone because they lost so many police officers. Mm -hmm. And then uh, what he finds out soon after that is that they found a disc with information claiming that there's a disc. Yeah, yeah, right. A nice hard (laughs) zip disc and uh, claiming that there's a a bomb. So they need to locate this bomb. So they're Mm -hmm. kind of put into a pinch. Yeah. And the the. Caster Troy is still in a coma, but his brother is is up, but he's not talking. Um, there's there's a great shot where where Archer walks in and he just says, "How's your dead son?" Damn, oh, going going right for it. Yeah, that's oh, um uh, that's and Dietrich. it works. It gets yeah. under his skin. Mm-hmm. Nick Nick Casavetes, who for me I remember him from the Wraith because he was like the mm-hmm. the kind of villain rival in the Wraith. Yeah. And now we get um, some uh, pseudoscience. You guys ready? <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're like 3D printing an ear, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And it's actually kind of prescient because that's something that you could mm-hmm. picture now. And I actually looked Dude, it up totally. and it, it seems to be like some type of it, it's still not as common, but it's something where they're talking about. Yeah, we can 3D print skin now. And uh, we're getting to the point where that I, I even saw there was something like a 3D printing like gun, like a tape gun, basically. So you can actually like 3D print it and apply it directly to the the person, which is wild. Wow. Yeah. And um, now we get the premise of the film. They've yeah. got Archer here and he sees that Caster Troy is still like, yeah, in a coma. And they tell him, hey, um, we, we got to yeah. find this now bomb. This is going to so, sound crazy. Yeah. Here's what we want you to do. <laughs> we want you to put his face on. <laughs> and infiltrate and he's like what are you talking about so that's when they explain this to him 
Yeah, it's it's crazy. And it would need to be so kept so secret that his wife and daughter wouldn't be able to know and no one else outside of this small group in the um LAPD would would know anything about it. Yeah, so now he's put in the spot where it's like, "Hey, I basically need to sacrifice my life again for this and my wife is not going to be happy." <laughs> but um here we go. Yeah. I guess you know what? I'll just do it. <laughs> yeah, the Travolta's acting. You're telling me at ha- I anyways, it's Yeah, no, it's exactly. It's kind of like what you were talking about earlier, Matthew, which is it's like oh, he's really <laughs> digging it. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure what notes you'd give to the performance, but it's uh I'm ready for them to kind of swap at this at this point in the movie. <laughs> and the the surgery scenes is really cool. It's very I think I, in my notes I said it's very goopy. Oh yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of goop going around, and and he, I like I like that you never directly shows the the person without a face. Yeah, um, like it's always kind of in the in the corner, and that makes it. It's right on the creepier. verge of being pretty gross. So yeah, mm-hmm. I think John yeah yeah that really well. Yeah yeah, I think a little goes a long way with what they're mm-hmm. doing here. And yeah, even just seeing the like the laser incision of like the face removal, that's pretty wild. And then I mean, again, a testament to how nice these uh, these effects are. It's like when they take that face off and plop it into like the vat, you're, it looks like you're looking at Travolta's face floating in water. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's I, I wrote that down. I wonder. I wonder who owns. I'm in water here. Sorry. <laughs> hey, I'm in water here. <laughs> nice. I was, I was. I wrote down. I wonder who owns that that prop. That, oh, oh, dude. The in John the, Travolta face. Prop. Sure. In the behind the. I think the probably scenes. the head of the Church of Scientology. Sorry. Oh, yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's, that was actually John Travolta's face, fun fact. <laughs> um, the the effects lead, uh, Kevin Yeager, I believe his name is, when they show him talking in interview. Oh, he you was see, a legend. Yeah, they see, you see them propped up on the wall behind them, so I'd assume that wherever they have their studio, those are some of their oh, prized nice. possessions. Oh, I did want to call it one, I think one of the smartest conceptual things in the movie is that it's not just this magical swap of everything. They actually acknowledge like, Hey, you guys are similar build, similar eye shade. And um, so I think there's this great mix of like, okay, we're asking you to believe this kind of fantastical science, but we're not going to ask for any more than that. You know, it's like, we're going to have kind of these like grounded explanations for the rest yeah. of it. And I it's not like pretty, white chicks awesome. or something where it's like the joke is that it's so completely different. It's like, they are m- m- like you could squint your eyes and be like, I can kind of see this thing being similar. Right. Yeah. Face off um, walked. So white chicks could, could exactly. Soar. <laughs> yeah. um, I got a shout out of Nick Cage's performance when he finally sees himself in the mirror. Yeah. Archer oh, as yeah. Troy, right? Um, yeah. Uh, that's that's great. And actually what John Woo said is um, all of the freak out moments were um, unexpected. They didn't have it scripted. And he kind of just rolled with it. Him smashing the mirror and then him like letting it rip against the other uh, two characters like Fuck you! Fuck you! Fuck you! John! John! Actually, yeah. think of um, <laughs> so what is it? Uh, Love on Delivery uh, was a Fuck you! Fuck you too! Fuck you! 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 Fu
that's a good clip to bring back yeah Um, definitely uh so he john woo liked it so much but he wasn't prepared so he didn't actually capture it so they had him reshoot to do that like in what you see is in the film itself nice and that's a moment where they where travolta has to adr um because they haven't inserted the uh yeah the changer the thing on his on his larynx there actually another interesting point is i would i feel like there is a bit more adr than kind of the average hollywood film um at at this era and you have to kind of wonder if that maybe isn't a byproduct of kind of john woo's you know background in hong kong um i like the lack of sync sound (laughs) so now uh archer as archer as troy is now in this this super prison <laughs> it's this like super villain ass like arkham almost prison yeah i think um this is like the remnants of like sci-fi elements yeah, yeah so yeah, where he has like these magnetic boot things mm-hmm. to, to i guess to keep him from escaping <laughs> and and i wrote in my notes this is the this is where he learns how to cage out um <laughs> yeah he's, he's interacting with he's interacting with all these like you know old Castro Troy uh, associates and he's like trying to to flip out and he's like immediately starts a prison riot and it's it's funny you know you guys were talking about monkey island a little while before we recorded and yeah. i do think this kind of makes me feel like a dialogue tree situation where you're stuck in this situation you have to know what to say to who to keep the suspicion down like you don't like a detroit become human oh yeah exactly (laughs) don't don't, like yeah i don't want to i made the bad game yep (laughs) um so yeah there's this kind of air of suspicion with his younger yeah. brother Pollux, which I don't really understand where that comes from, but I mean, it, it drives the plot. So I guess we just like, whatever, like, yeah. let's, let's keep going. Cause like up mm. to this point, he just is seeing his brother that his brother's back. But I do really, well, I think one thing I noticed is that like, um, Archer as Troy here, he doesn't really make any overtures when he first sees his brother and everything that we've seen of them so far is like a lot more connected and maybe loving. So I guess I, I read it this time as it's like he was almost um, he wasn't kind of going the extra extra mile. Um, so he could tell that there was a change in him. Yeah, I wonder. And uh, yeah, those moments where he's like, oh, what what was my medication? Those are the things that make me think of like a video game where it's like, <laughs> yeah, pick the yeah. right option. And actually, the yeah. way that uh, Nick Cage delivers those lines, and there's a couple of times in the movie where he instead of just casually saying what he should say, he like very pointedly says, oh, you're this person from that place. Or, you yeah, know, that's yeah. that's this <laughs> yeah. thing. Like, And he's like, you know, you can picture him saying like, yeah, I got it. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's really, really funny. Well, the little, check cool- mark of, the little check mark appears in the top right corner to let you know you got it right. Exactly. The, the L.A. Noir chime. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I kind of love the idea that like, each of these actors has a little bit of a defense that they can throw up, which which like Cage could be like, dude, this is exactly how Travolta acts. I'm just being a truthful <laughs> mirror, and Travolta could say the same thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's a little bit of fourth wall breaking when it comes to, I guess, the performance, but actually like a couple lines in the film itself. But um, yeah, moving forward here, we've got uh, Caster Troy, 
and in his like recovery bed oh man and he wakes up this is shot so well it's like yeah, it's shot like it's, it's not like a like a monster movie or something yeah where, like, like a Batman he's waking up everything's in in like shadow and he's like everything like there's not like a direct reveal of the face until you see like the reflection of the faceless nick cage and the doctor's glasses um, yeah and just is really cool the the camera work is i mean i think john woo's camera work is so fun because he uses like kind of like the language of the camera is almost like what you would think you would see in an action sequence but he's using it to kind of emphasize this kind of excitement and kind of unease when they're bringing that the doctor back into the lab mm. and i think that it works really well and it's basically the same techniques he would use when he has people shooting at each other i think it's pretty fun so the the next the next big bit is he we see that uh our archer as troy has a visitor and oh it's they great. open up the door and the reveal is it's archer yeah ah uh, it's john travolta visiting himself yeah and then he kind of now reveals like he's basically killed everyone that was in the secret and so you're just gonna rot here in prison forever yeah and we actually haven't mentioned the scoring on this film so this is john powell this is his first feature film credit and i mean he's gone on to yeah his first solo credit he had some like additional composing credits because he was Mm. um he kind of came to prominence in Hans Zimmer's company, which is now called Remote Control Productions. It was then called Media Ventures. And, um, you know, Hans had uh, worked on The Rock famously and also worked on Broken Arrow. So, you know, John Woo's second uh, American film. And John Powell did some um, some cues for Broken Arrow as well. But yeah, this is him kind of stepping into the spotlight uh, very much, I think, kind of in the mold of the score to The Rock. If you go back and and listen to that, yeah, um, I hear that, and um, I like I like how he gets to play with these uh, moments, though. Like when the when the door is slowly opening, you get the kind of the bass doom 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 like that whole yeah. like I love that cue, and I, yeah, you get I totally these really do. kind of fun heroic uh, cues in this film too that I really enjoy. There's I think a great I, moment in the opening action sequence at the um, landing strip where he's um, he's kind of building up this uh, kind of like climbing motif, and as the plane is about to crash into that hangar, and then like where you expect the the like ultimate resolving downbeat is the actual sound of the plane crashing like it's just really well timed oh, and nice. spotted and stuff yeah yeah i i don't know off the top of my head who scored uh speed but it kind of reminds me of stuff that i heard in like speed yeah, I think that's Mark Mancina. I'll look that up. Yeah, that's fine. Um, it is Mark Mancina. Oh, I was, nice. I was trying to look it up. So cool. Um, I did see Hans Zimmer's name in the credits for this film too. So uh, he's still working with them. It just switched switch seats. Basically, yeah. I think he kind of because all of these things were sort of done in their company. I think he usually ended up having like a producer, like score producer credit. Nice. 
So I basically the the second act of this movie is them trying to live in these opposite lives, <laughs> really. Um, and I do really enjoy Travolta kind of moving in as the dad in this household. Now. Yeah. <laughs> and the husband. Yeah, I love the first time he goes to the house, he drives past it. <laughs> yeah. With the, that's that's pretty funny. Yeah. And you've got. Um, but yeah. And he's. He's he's being a real creep to the daughter. He <laughs> sees like reads the mom's diary. It's 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 fun and it's John Travolta. You know he he gets to let loose and be justifiably goofy in in this. It does feel like his character's motivation is basically just to like bed Archer's wife. Like I'm yeah, to think of what yeah. He else he just really fixated on at this point. Yeah, he just wants to fuck with Archer. That's that's the entire his entire goal at this point. So the next like big chunk of the movie is uh, Troy as Archer. Um, <laughs> I like how we're dancing around that. It's it's that's yeah. that's the way the Wikipedia does it. And I feel like oh, that's is the it? best way you can do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it in is. in my notes, I just listed Caster and Archer. Like I didn't yeah. like go too crazy with it but yeah in a conversation it gets a bit complicated yeah yeah but but troy as archer um assumes the role of of archer and uh becomes a big hero by knowing his own deactivation code for the bombs (laughs) and 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 the president calls him yeah yeah i love the president and his wife calls him he's like put the president on hold (laughs) yeah I also and love like at the, dinner. He's like, I told that president. <laughs> yeah, it's like what? <laughs> That's funny. I I like the beat where they're showing the news in the prison. Like, yeah, oh right. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All the prisoners uh, get to see this as well. Oh, it's so good. And that's of course where he creates this ridiculously elaborate like date night with this like an irresponsible amount of candles. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and of course, uh, uh, has sex with the, the wife and that's kind of the, the breaking point for, uh, for Archer in prison. And so he, there, he's actually like, how can I get the boots off? And the only way they get the boots off is if they're like, you know, electric electricity lobotomizing you. <laughs> um, yeah, I do. The, those boots are all like practical too. I don't know if we talked about that too much, but it's like, oh, they look awesome. They made mm-hmm. like. 200 pairs of these boots and uh the prop guy said that they were metal they were like not cheaply made so oh wow yeah they really went all out uh joanna made a super mario brothers joke remember in the the 90s super mario oh dude in the movie yeah they had those jump you're totally right (laughs) i like that a lot um yeah, so they get they drag him he he causes that scene actually he's got some fun lines um Archer as Troy. Uh, earlier in the movie, when he gets into a fight, he tells the warden, When I get out of here, if you get out of here, I'm going to have you fired. Yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. And, <laughs> and the way he sets this up is that he, he asks one of the guards for a light, and it right. causes a huge scuffle, and he ends up grabbing the the... The cigarette and, and is mm-hmm. asking everybody, "Got a light? Got a light?" As they're yeah, yeah, he's like chanting it while <laughs> he's so getting dragged good. to the, the the electricity room. Yeah, so that's uh, which is which is pretty cool, pretty fun. And then he uses that to kind of assist in yeah. his escape. So um, as yeah, it's like sort of a thought out plan, chair. but it's like leaves a lot to 
like yeah some <laughs> chance and some split second. i mean knowing that you're in like this high security prison he's kind of flying off the cuff of his pants and yeah uh, totally. it it ends up working out i think yeah a lot of the action beats in this film are just kind of like you're just being pulled through the action and you don't want to think about it too much because it kind of falls apart but it's still it's still a really fun time and this is a really great set piece um and uh you've got like some really cool stunts where you've got dudes falling from high places and you've got a lot of squibs and a lot of sparks shooting Mm -hmm. around and um there's a uh i think it's called like the howie scream is what yes. it's called but it's the yeah it's it's the scream that's like the like the tie fighter in star wars oh you You'll beat me to it, it. Like yeah so um the, I, was, you... I was excited to hear that that's like the that's like the 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 cool kids wilhelm scream yes that's what yes. that's my that is my wilhelm scream <laughs> and let me ask yeah. you this do you know why it's called the howie scream I do not. So I always figured it was like an actor or something. It's Howie Long who was playing one of the villains in Broken Arrow. So it's directly oh. related to John Woo. Because, uh, yeah, when he dies, he gets kicked out of a train. And his fall down, like, off a bridge, they play that scream. And it's yeah. become known as the Howie scream oh, because nice. of that. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. So he makes his way up to the top. And what he realizes is that he's on an oil rig and actually in earlier like sci-fi versions of this script it was they were planning on making it like some kind of crazy underwater sphere prison and there was some kind of really wild elaborate way that he would escape but um it sounds like um there was a combination of budget problems and uh like timing windows like they were kind of behind on filming, so they kind of smoothed out a lot of those wrinkles in the final version of the film. But you can only Im- imagine what this movie would look like with, like, I think they had like floating cars and like holograms and oh wow, and crazy! It, yeah, it was taking place much further in the future. You could so, imagine that working for like the Arnie and Sly version yeah. of the movie somehow. Oh man! Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and and honestly, like I hadn't seen the movie before. I always kind of just figured it was like a near future kind mm-hmm. of thing, like you know, in the far off year of 2010 or something. Or, yeah, for 1997. I so. honestly, I I like the setting where it's like kind of a modern setting, but there's a little bit of extra stuff. Yeah, that it kind of puts you out almost like an alternate timeline or something. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, I yeah. think. Yeah, more fiction. Should or like a person from like a like a sci-fi movie in the seventies, said nineteen ninety-seven. Yeah, like, exactly. That's that's kind of what it almost feels that's like. Awesome. Yep. Um, so you get a moment here where, um, let's see, Troy as Archer is leaving for work, <laughs> and um, Eve, his wife, is like, "What are you doing?" And it's basically he. I mean, because he didn't know that was the anniversary of their son or his birthday. It was his birthday, the yeah. son's birthday. Yeah. yeah, so he almost missed that. And uh, they go to visit the grave. And then he kind of has to kind of endure what he's created, basically. Yeah. And I was really like, I was just waiting for him to John Travolta to say some just crazy line here to to the to the wife. But he's but he's quiet, which. I think it's, it's a better, uh, it's a better, uh, you know, as a movie maker, it's a better uh, decision. But I was expecting him to just say some something completely in left yeah, field about totally. like, you know, 
we can have another son or you know something, <laughs> something like that yeah hey get over yeah. it <laughs> yeah <laughs> come yeah, on it's been his... what five years yeah <laughs> right yeah his character doesn't um really say it out loud until much later in the film but he he does ultimately say like i was not trying to kill your son i was trying to kill you it was like an yeah. accident mm-hmm. yeah. your son was an accident i wanted to kill you but you took it so personally. But that would have been interesting. It's like, maybe you didn't mean to kill our son, honey. It could have been. In, <laughs> yeah, maybe it was just an accident. An accident. I don't know. Because you know. I have such a stupid head and it's really <laughs> hard to shoot. <laughs> maybe it's just because my stupid heart's too small. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. And this, yeah, we get to see uh, uh, Archer as Troy. Nick Cage is, is like, it's almost like Die Hardy with the. Uh, like sneaking around with no shoes on. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Oh man, he uses a car phone. I wrote yep. that down in my notes. Love <laughs> that's. It's so funny. That was one of those just kind of a thing that like my my dad had one for work whenever Whoa. I was a kid. Oh, wow, cool. And um, yeah, exactly. And and back in the day, like even as a little kid, you know, it was like cell phones were crazy expensive. So yeah. it was still like, oh, you can call on the phone, but also. It costs a lot of money to call on the phone, so yeah. so don't do that. I've never seen a car phone in real life. I've only seen it on TV. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a it was in like a it was in like a bag. So <laughs> it's in a bag. I love that. But that was I mean that was probably about this time. It was probably in the ninety seven ninety nine range. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Archer is Troy. It's his first kind of line of communication, trying to get the message out. And um, yeah, after he he fails to communicate with his wife, he calls to the FBI office, calling the head Lazaro. But um, <laughs> Troy as Archer answers, and they have mm-hmm. like a little short yeah. back and forth, which is great. I love it. Sean Archer here. Who's calling? Well, if you're Sean Archer, I guess I'm Caster Troy. Um, and then yeah, uh, following awesome. that. He, uh, Archer as Troy, finds a safe haven with Dietrich, the uh, Casavetta's character, at yeah. this kind of like fancy bungalow looking yeah, this, this villain lair thing. And actually, what the writer said is that in an earlier version of the script, and this is this is insane, Archer would actually seek out Caster's mother, like to stay there as a safe haven. And you were kind of gonna get an idea of like troy's upbringing so it's kind of like making you a little more um like sympathetic sympathetic towards the villain and they kind of took a lot of those details out of the final version of the film but (laughs) they actually and they said this on the commentary so i'm not making this up he said they actually wanted to cast jack nicholson in drag (laughs) wait till they get a load of me Or Elizabeth Taylor oh <laughs> as the mom. What? It can only be one of those two options. Yeah. Oh, wow. If I don't get one of those two, I walk. So, I mean, it's insane. Yeah, but that I is, love that. That is something else. Wow. <laughs> well, honestly, I'm, I honestly, a thing I love about this movie is that Caster Choi is just a villain and he loves being a bad guy. 
And yeah. I love that because, you know, it, it's cool watching movies where, like, you kind of understand the villain or, or sympathetic in some ways. But it's sometimes fun to just watch it where it's like, he's just a bad guy. He's yeah. dancing around. He loves, you know, indiscriminate murder. You know, it's, it's fun to it's fun to watch movies with those every now and then. And the writers said that they originally wanted to write the script uh, where their their idea was to make you care about the villain as much as the 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 protagonist but it mm-hmm. basically ended up being what if the protagonist became the villain so it's yeah. kind of playing around with those ideas but this is also whenever he he does some some drugs with the the friends and the the lair and this is when he says the titular i'd like to take his his face oh <laughs> did anyone count it it's got to be seven it, times he, in a row he says it several times yeah, and the the interesting thing about that is that John Woo said that he had called cut on the scene, but uh, Nick Casavetes and Nick Cage were kind of riffing, and that's where those lines came from. So they that's funny. they kind of just let them do it and left it in. He actually said they cut it down. So they say face, face off like off. like you said like face seven off. times. Face but, off, face off. Yeah, <laughs> so funny. Like oh, man. This might be as good as time as any. So, I don't know. What do you guys think about the styling of the title? Oh, face slash off. I remember thinking it was cool back then, but now I'm just like, what's going on? Like, why are we doing this? Face <laughs> slash off. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what do you mean slash? Off? Like, what? well, and you can't you can't name your file on my in your computer that because <laughs> yeah, you can't have slashes. They said the the writers addressed this too, and they said they had to actually fight for that titling because they oh, were worried man. that people would think it was a hockey film. Oh, I can see that. Yeah, which is weird. Yeah, the slash totally takes off all hockey. I I don't get it still. Yeah, and the um like from the production side, like the the movie company side, they didn't want the slash because. Honestly, they didn't think that theaters could put it on the marquee. Mm-hmm. Oh, because sure. Of the, um, because of that character. And I'm guessing a yeah. lot of theaters just didn't. Yeah. Nick Gage also at this point says, if you, Excuse me, I have to use the little boy's wee-wee room. Which, <laughs> oh, yeah. That really, made, that really made me laugh. And he's, he's all drugged up. Like he right is. when he sat down, they gave. And this him a is where we get another right classic cage face, mm-hmm. um, where he's like his his head's tilted back and like his eye, like you can see the top whites of his eyes and stuff. Which, again, it's it's really it's a great gif to make, but it does make sense in context because like he is he's you know he is on drugs and he's going a little insane. One person we haven't mentioned yet is Gina Gershon, who plays. One of the yeah. uh, uh, Troy's like associates, uh, a former yeah. lover, it seems, and yeah, she's, uh, awesome, she, she's awesome. That's she's a swim fans all star. I, I confirmed. Yeah, that that's with right. Alex. Shout out to our shout out to our sister show, swim fans, and uh, she plays a pretty integral part uh, of the film from here on out because she's got a son 
that uh, you hear about earlier in the film, but you're introduced to here, and what you find out is that uh, that kid is actually Caster Troy's son. And yeah. um, so he's in this like bungalow along with everyone else, but we've also got the FBI closing in, and it turns into a huge firefight, and he actually becomes the centerpiece to this firefight, which is a very interesting take, and one of John Woo's ideas for uh, this sequence where they have the kid and uh, Archer as Troy is protecting him. So they put some earmuffs on his head and they use that as a device to play some uh, music and they choose uh, over the rainbow. And actually the version is sung by Olivia Newton-John. And I saw saw that in the credits, which is... Oh yeah, R.I.P. Yeah, rest in peace and a Travolta connection is right there. It's a really nice production on that. that version. And yeah, I do feel like this is a sequence that pops up in kind of, you know, in the John Woo highlight reel. Um, and I, I would argue it's something that, you know, does not feel like an element like lifted from one of his other films. This is really fresh idea. Yeah. There's I, a whatever- little bit with, I mean, it's not with people cheer on. There's a little bit with the baby and hard boiled, a little bit of that, like innocence in the middle of oh, sure, all the violence, mm-hmm. a little bit, but it's, it is different. It is, it's, it's played. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Yeah, just the way the music works. Um, yeah, yeah. I didn't have the best reaction to how the score kind of reenters immediately a- afterwards, but I, those are those are really difficult beats to, I think, to kind of learn yeah to either way. Um, but yeah, we get lots of lots of good dudes diving and shooting guns. Uh, Jinger Shang gets to be cool and, and and shoot a little bit too, um, which is which is nice because uh, obviously John Woo's movies are famous for manly men heroically dying and being manly to each other. So yeah, we we definitely um, get a bit of that too, though. <laughs> oh oh, there's plenty of that, but yeah. it, you know, just, uh, get a little bit of uh, a little bit of. That that '90s kick-ass lady energy in there, yeah, and she's yeah, she has such a great. This is late '90s. She has oh, like yeah. that late a, '90s hair. She has that late '90s hair. Oh, late yeah. '90s she'd makeup. A, she'd be guesting on episode yeah. of Friends with that hair. Yeah, right. totally. And like the thin eyebrows and yep. everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's like a specific shade of lipstick that I feel like <laughs> only existed from '96 to '99 and then right. over again. Right. Nice. Um, I love how this escalates where you've got all this kind of madness, but uh, uh, Archer and Troy, I can say either now because they're both there. Um, mm-hmm. They end up facing off. Hello. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, I, I love it's in like this kind of area with mirrors all over the place. And yep. you get the kind of the cool John, John Woo moment where the you know the antagonists are back to back but the the device of having them face the mirror is just yeah. so smart to me it's just yeah, like it's great it's so cool it works on the lowest level and then the yes, highest it's, level it's very it's <laughs> right. very on the nose but it's done so well yeah of them pointing at each other and seeing each other but they actually are facing each other but it's a mirror and then lots of being on the ground and, and shooting guns and stuff. Classic John yeah, Woo totally. stuff. And for yeah, a and lot so of kinetic those... too, when it gets destroyed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah kinetic is perfect. And uh, a lot of those shots, you can plainly see that it's Travolta and Nicholas Cage doing the spinning or diving. I, I love, I love that. You do get a lot of moments in this film where you, if you're looking close, you can see that it's a stunt man, but I like that they did a lot of their work. I did actually, John Woo does mention like towards 
that boat sequence that the the big effect shot at the end where the boat's flying through the air and you see them flying they used face replacement on that which i didn't know they did back then <laughs> huh but yeah, um, i didn't know you could really i do think that the, i think the first prominent one is in uh jurassic park uh towards the end when uh lex is like hanging from that ventilation shaft oh dur is like coming up and click like nipping at her heels um I remember back in the day, like I used to watch that, like behind the scenes into the ground. But yeah, they did. Huh. That was like I, I that might have even been one of the very first um, face replacements because oh, cool. the stunt woman looked up at the camera, which I think wasn't planned. Um, but then they kind of found that solution for it, so it's pretty cool. That's I'll insane! To, I never knew that. I have yeah, to yeah, I'll, have to, I'll that. have to keep an eye out for that next time I watch Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, Archer as Troy makes his way up to the rooftop and uh, Pollux was up there and they have a scuffle and he ends up swinging into him and dropping him down through like the, the, the moon, the moon roof and he crashes down and Pollux dies and you get a great beat here where um, Troy as Archer is overcome with emotion. And one of the other FBI agents is like, Hey, well, why are you so sad? And he yeah. just turns and shoots, <laughs> just him, shoots him right in the him. head. Ah, oh, that's so good. Really good. It's this movie has a lot of in other movies where you're like, why doesn't he just shoot him right there? And in this movie, he just does. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, and that's uh, we get back back in the office. Uh, Troy is Archer is kind of getting scolded because like a bunch of people died in this in this little thing, this little scuffle. Um, and, and he just like attacks his superior and, and tells the people that he had a heart attack. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. like having some chest pains and then, yeah, yeah. He just exploits it and like suffocates him yeah. to death. Basically. I love how Troy as caster, like shoots Lazaro a look and it looks like the look hurts him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like he gets yeah. physically oh. in pain, like from that look that he shoots at him. And, um, yeah. He he says that like I have a confession to make, and he reveals that he he's Caster Troy. And uh, the writers say in the commentary that that was originally gonna be like a catch phrase for him, where every time uh, Caster Troy would do something devious, he would say, "I have a confession to make." Blah blah blah. But that mm-hmm. didn't end up in the final script, but it works for this scene right here. Yeah, yeah. Archer is Troy meets his wife he sneaks in and he he gets this moment to actually talk to her and she's still kind of very like not convinced and yeah kind she's of, like, like flipping freaking out, out which is yeah which is which is cool to see and yeah joan allen like plays it really well in yeah. this scene and um he tells her like test his blood like uh, I have this blood type, uh, and he has like A B blood type. Yeah, he has A B. Uh, Archer has O negative, I think, something like that. Yeah, but yeah. Which also, that's a very that's a very Asian thing of like the the importance of blood types and stuff. Oh yeah. So um, what she does is she ends up yeah poking him and grabbing a blood sample. Yeah, yeah. Because they set up that she's a that she's a doctor, so she she pops by work and uh does the test. Yeah, so I, I've been sitting on this little tidbit for a long time because oh, like oh, dude. my my wife yeah, she it. works in the medical uh like she's she's like works in a lab and she she tests blood and stuff and there's and this a is sh- like what inspired her to 
like <laughs> no <laughs> but um she there's a screenshot of the blood work and she can see the numbers and she's telling me she's like well okay based on these numbers he's got diabetes because his a1c is like 8.1 oh and oh, his wow. white blood cell count is like way high so she's like yeah and he's got cancer <laughs> Oh. Oh, so, damn! So whoever That's was the saddest Easter egg I've ever yeah. Heard. yeah. Whoever's putting oh, together that screen no. didn't do all of their homework when oh, it came that's to the really numbers. Funny. Yeah, I love that. When Joanna told me that, it just oh, gave me such is, a new appreciation excellent. for this film. Mm-hmm. But all this, all this leads up to our our final insane showdown, and it starts with a uh, funeral. For, for one of the people that died in the... Is it for a specific person? I couldn't this remember. This is Lazaro's funeral. It's this for is, Lazaro, yeah, okay. Yeah. And uh, they're all, they're all like, you know, sitting in, in the pews, and uh, Archer as Troy comes in. He, like, lights the incense and, like, prays at the altar, laying his gun down before he <laughs> goes in. It's such a... It's so John Wooey. I love it. There's mm-hmm. birds flying everywhere. It's it's definitely very. This is the very similar to the to the killer. Yeah, it's it's classic. Wonderful. Yeah, um, you get this. Yeah, I moment. wonder how some of these things do they talk at all in the commentary, Carlos? Like for these beats that obviously feel like you know John Woo's hand. Um, did it seem like there's a pretty good kind of I don't know pre production relationship with he and the screenwriters? Yes, to kind of. Mm-hmm. Make, yeah, they make, actually. Oh, yeah, actually, could we set this? In a church, like I really know how to make that effective or something. Well, they 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 even take a moment in the commentary to thank him for doing it because they were able to be in a production where John Woo got to do his John Woo stuff. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. cool. Which is really exciting. Yeah. Um originally there was some pushback about the the doves, but it was more about being able to get them in time to film and not a stylistic thing. Um, Yeah. So um, yeah, you have this funeral here and uh, you have this moment where um, Archer as Troy sends the photo of his son up to Troy as Archer. (laughs) Man, this is still killing me. But um, yeah, that's a really fun beat. And then after the funeral gets out, um, they have their fateful meeting and uh, it doesn't take long for things to explode, but I really love yeah. how they introduce each other here. Yeah. And that's, this is one of the uh, more uh, wacky John Travolta's is, is whenever he comes in, he like imitates like the Christ on the cross pose. And... Oh, man, yeah. oh. Isn't this religious? Ah. ah, yes. The eternal battle between good and evil. Ah. Yeah, funny bit of editing there, too. It's like, yeah, it's like, no, I, it, this is no, I know, I know what, <laughs> I know what the crucifix looks like. You don't have to, whatever. Um. <laughs> Sorry, I just looked at my notes for the this whole scene. Is classic John Woo shootout at a funeral? Got doves and shit. Catholic as hell, speaking Latin. <laughs> yeah, perfect. <laughs> and then the score too is like um, 
Yeah, meant to be almost like this sacred mass choral yeah. kind of thing. But so the the wife is held hostage, and it turns into this like five way Mexican standoff, which oh, is so good. Which is pretty good. Um, yeah, in the middle of the the shootout, uh, Sasha Gina Gershon's uh, character she she ends up not surviving, but she she makes uh, Archer as Troy promise to take care of her child. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, that pays off later. Yep, pews um, are getting blown up, and um, the the daughter shows up because he had uh, uh, Troy as Archer had had called her to kind of set this up as well. Yeah, and you get this kind of hostage oh, situation. The, yes, we get the classic. Which yeah. one do I shoot? Yeah, yeah. which it's th- that has to be older than this movie, right? Oh, for like, sure. Oh, but yeah. it's just like it's goes just back it's, to cartoons and stuff. Yeah, yeah. it's just it's <laughs> cool to well, I, okay, I, I suppose yes. But it's just, it's really, it's fun to see it in like a completely genuine way. Like <laughs> right, not, right, not totally. as, not as a joke of, of the trope, but like genuinely, which one do I shoot? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I love that she, she makes the wrong choice and then she ends up being a hostage, but the same, uh, like survival tips that like earlier, there's a scene where, uh, Troy as Archer, um, protects his daughter from this dude that's trying to assault her. And then he kind of teaches yeah, probably her the lesson. most virtuous thing that he does in the whole movie. Yeah. Like looking back, mm-hmm. but there's some like street smarts to it where he gives her a, a butterfly knife. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and shows her like how to kind of make the most out of that. If she was caught in a situation mm-hmm. and yeah. it pays off right here because she does it to him. And uh, yeah. I think it's, that's perfectly poetic that it mm-hmm. happens that way. And actually I, I also heard on the commentary that in the, the UK version of the film, when he opens that butterfly knife, when he first reveals it, that's edited out <laughs> because of oh. the, the <laughs> usual. Or something. <laughs> yeah. It's a mosaic. Oh, <laughs> it looks so much worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's too close to a nunchuck or something. Yeah, I was going to say, did they... <laughs> I was, obviously, it would be the opposite of this, but I was imagining they like badly photoshopped a nunchuck over it. Uh, and then they had to edit that out, too. And then they had to edit that out. I love it. So now he has a. Now he's walking with a limp, and, of course, the only thing you can do if you have a limp to get away is to hop into a speedboat. <sighs> and we get a beautiful boat chase here. Uh, yeah. One of my favorite boat chases um mm-hmm. you mentioned last crusade that's also a great boat oh, chase yeah, dude, totally. um, oh yeah one of my favorites uh you've got like like matthew said earlier a boat using another boat as a ramp as that yeah. boat explodes <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so good thirds th- i think there are literally like six explosions within two minutes mm-hmm. it's because whenever he gets the boat he's sh- uh, uh troy as archer shoots at at Nick Cage, I'll just say Nick Cage, and and yeah. he hits an explosive barrel next to like this shack, and the shack <laughs> right. explodes. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, some beautiful explosions. Also, oh yeah, um, yeah. I think you're mentioning earlier, Carlos, but uh, probably some of the most noticeable doubling as we get towards the end of the sequence. And mm-hmm. bless him, but Cage's stunt double just doesn't have exactly the same kind of hairline, and some yeah. of the stuff just doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't quite 
um, kind of gloss over, but right. really amazing work that they're, mm-hmm. that these dudes are doing. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. The, the, the stunt man that's like hanging off the side of the boat, basically skiing yeah. alongside like of it. Water skiing on dress yeah, shoes. Yeah. Amazing. That's amazing. And actually John Wu said that that stunt guy suffered some injury because the, the chain got wrapped around his leg and mm-hmm. his leg got oh, kind of wow. caught underneath the boat, but he was Dang. fine. But, um, just the that's de- why you do stunt doubles. <laughs> yeah. And the dedication he, John Wu said that his action sequences end up being so long because he just, loves stunt work and he loves seeing the stuntmen do their thing he's oh man he doesn't want to cut it down because he appreciates them so much which is really fun yeah that's amazing Mm -hmm. yeah so uh we get that that really great stunt where the boat ends up like smashing onto Mm -hmm. like the the beach like there's like a boat rig and it it flies up into the air and you've got the stuntman flying in front of it yep and you've got the boat behind them that's actually a composite shot so they filmed each separately and stitched that together oh, expertly because cool. I never. Yeah, I wouldn't have I, known. I wouldn't have known that. And that's the shot that uh, John Woo said uses the face replacement for the stuntman, which I mean, looking back on it, it doesn't really look like that's the case, but that's what he said. And then um, you've got this kind of final encounter between Archer and uh and Troy here where it's like this kind of knockout drag out fight where it gets to the moment where he's got like a harpoon that kind of flew off of the equipment from the boat. And, um, I some like mixed martial arts. Like we've got some kicking and basically like Mm -hmm. whatever gets the job done. Yeah. And Yeah. uh, yeah, in the end, um, Troy as Archer tries to do like a kind of a last ditch. Yeah. I'm going to mess you up by messing me up where he's like cutting his own face, which is, I love that. It's a great villain moment. And then, Mm -hmm. uh, that pushes, uh, uh, Troy as Archer. Wait, Archer is Troy to the, to the limit. And that's what kills him. Yeah. And I love that the, the final, like whenever the, the, the cops show up and, and like reveal that they know what's actually going on. They know who Archer really is. And then they're both in the they're both in the ambulance. And the last thing that Archer as Troy does is he grabs his wedding ring off of the yeah. uh, Troy's Archer's body. Yeah, and I I love that too. Kind of zooms you straight through his his miracle like recovery surgery. They're yeah. like, we got right, the best right. people that are going to work on you. And then he's yep. basically talks to the doctor and he's like, you're going to be all right. And then the next thing is like the ending where Epilogue. he is okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And also, surprise, we have a new kid. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, a little um, surprise adoption at the end, which is yeah. that's funny. There's a couple of different like ending beats to this film. So this is the, the, the for real ending of the film. But um, originally, they were pushing back against John Woo introducing uh, Troy's child into the family. Because um, the production side said that like Western audiences wouldn't really get that which i don't understand but um <laughs> interesting note huh. yeah when they showed it originally See, western families aren't really what <laughs> yeah. say, loving caring yeah. they don't. Um, so children don't actually exist in america but <laughs> yeah. yeah so uh when they had the test screening for it is the ending without the kid and uh the feedback like half of the people f- were saying like where's the kid what happened to the kid? So then uh, John yeah. Wu like got what Basically he wanted. Basically betraying their Western culture. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. And then the other one is a deleted scene, which is Archer and Eve. Uh, they're they're getting ready for bed, and he's like 
splashing his face in the mirror and he puts his head down and then when he raises his head up he sees troy in the mirror and then it's like this kind of almost like a I don't know, Twilight Zone, Alfred Hitchcock kind of yeah. ending. I was gonna say that sounds that's like the ending of like a Freddy like a Freddy Krueger movie or something. Yeah. Oh, like you see like, him yeah, quickly totally. and then it gets to credits. You thought it was okay, but it's not. Yeah. And and John Woo said that um that was kind of like his kind of nod to Hitchcock, but in the end they didn't want that in the film. But it's mm-hmm. it's on the bonus features. Man. Could have set up the sequel faces hyphen off yeah. slash two Roman numeral two. Yeah. There's two hi- there's two slashes in the middle. Yeah. It's face oh, off, but with oh, two slashes. God. Gorgeous. <laughs> Just the perfect. Dude, you nailed it. Wow. That's really funny. Oh, faces slash slash off. I was oh. talking to Matthew. I was looking I hadn't looked at the Wikipedia page until we were gonna record and there's a section for a sequel in there and i read it and i guess paramount is trying to produce something that is either going to be a remake or it's going to be a sequel and um i guess that's in production now which is i don't know i think it was like they said that um uh adam wingard is tied to it he's the guy that directed godzilla versus kong and although i did have a great time seeing that movie i don't think it's that good <laughs> so i don't know well, gotcha. whatever i don't it's just another one of these things where i think we talked about it with the killer too how the killer's been kind of threatened to be remade over the years and i just i don't know i even enter the dragon it's like yeah, just, right. why don't you just not but <laughs> but it's funny. I mean, I think just um, I think you're right. But part of me thinks it would be kind of cool if there was this like semi regular like reboot of Face Off, almost treating it like some piece of theater or something. It's like okay, who's going to be the like the incredible duo for this one? Because I mean, there's a lot of potential with the idea of actors playing each other. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And. Um, there's nothing that quite, at least in kind of the movie blockbuster space, nothing that quite captures it um, like Face Off. Yeah, and there were a couple pairings that they were hoping for before it ended up being this. Like I mentioned, Arnold and Sylvester Stallone. There was also like Johnny Depp and I think Alec Baldwin and Bruce Willis at one point were, were huh. tied to that. But eh, yeah, it's kind of... Hey, I could see that. Yeah, we, but it's hard to imagine anyone other than John Travolta and Nick Cage, especially Nick Cage, and in, in these roles. Yeah, totally. Because there's this like neither of them like scream action star, and I think that's like really critical to kind of how the movie works. Because then Cage plays it up as though it's like, of course I'm an action star. You've always thought of me as this action star, and you you kind of roll with it, and um. Yeah, similar with Travolta and just, I don't know, it's this unique moment in time that is, <laughs> uh, will probably never, never repeat. But yeah, that's Face Off. Um, I'm, I had a super fun time. I'll definitely revisit this in the future. I'm, uh, <laughs> I wish I had watched it sooner, but I'm very glad I watched it now. So, yeah. Yeah, I think it's super fun that we came in with these different perspective marty you said you'd be devil's advocate but i sounded like you had a good I know, time i could like once we got once we started rolling into it i was like just going back to <laughs> i think kind of my earliest memories with the movie and yeah and, nice um but no you're you're right i always kind of figured this was a like 
kind of like a just a super so bad, high budget a super high budget b movie in people's eyes kind yeah. of thing but oh yeah right totally mm-hmm. there's something about all the ingredients together that it's like it's really inviting as a viewer you feel like you're somehow like engaged with it kind of more than than your average movie and i think a lot of it has to do with these performances which are really hard to pin down and like weird but also very good and uh, i mean just beyond all that they're just watchable like you can't look away and i think to your point earlier matthew it's like it makes this two and a half hour runtime just kind of fly by because it's like you need to see like what choice Nick is making here or <laughs> John is making there. Yeah. And after this, we would see him do uh mission impossible, right? Mission impossible. Yeah, mission impossible two. twos in yeah. 2000, I believe. Yep. That's a got fun some, time. Got some, some limp biscuit in that one. I think limp biscuit and yeah, motorcycles. Totally. <laughs> Making the uh, mission impossible theme into four, yep. four, which is Oof. a lot of people have done since. So it's, um, yeah, it's a little, Oh, damn. Rough. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, I totally understand, I think, some of the criticisms around Mission 2. Just mentioning it now because we'll probably never touch on the movie, I, but, I doubt we're going to talk about Mission Possible 2 um, on the podcast. But in terms of like just some beautiful like photography and yeah. use of the camera, I mean, there are a lot of great moments that I think end up on kind of the John Woo highlight reel. Um from mission two. So I would say definitely, definitely worth a watch. Mm-hmm. Um, highly serious uh, compared to, to face off and probably t- a little too serious. <laughs> There's some wacky um, car shenanigans in that movie that I really enjoy. Oh, yeah. And Tom Cruise's haircut. It's like, <laughs> that's yeah. Kind of classic and one time only sort of deal. Yep. Mm. Well, thank you so much for checking out our show. If you liked it, then you can leave us a review on whatever you're listening to the song, like Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're at Here's the Number Three Podcast on all three of them. And you can shoot us an email if you want at Here's the Number Three Podcast at gmail.com. So next week, we are going to be finishing up our little look here on Hong Kong in Hollywood. I know, I know, but (laughs) it's with. One of the biggest ones, and like I mentioned earlier, it literally changed all action movies forever and most other movies forever after, Um, and that is 1999's The Matrix. Man, I can't believe it. Oh, man. I I mean, everyone's seen The Matrix. (laughs) Like, it's, you know, I I don't have to give too much uh, uh, ahead of time notice, but yeah, that is your training for next week is The Matrix. Watch it again. Probably like the maybe the most significant cinematic like east west collision um ever. Just yeah, can't wait. Well, until next week where we're taking a look at The Matrix. I'm Matthew. I'm Marty. I'm Carlos. And we are the Heroes 3. Remember your training. Heroes 3 is part of the Mercado Brothers Podcast Network.